This is the Real Talk University podcast, where your hosts, Andre and Christian, explore success stories outside of the classroom. What is going on, Real Talk fam? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Real Talk University podcast. This is season two. This is our second interview of season two. We're happy to bring on Rohan Sheth to the podcast. Rohan is a seven-figure agency owner out of Vancouver, Canada. And I've been following this dude for a while on Instagram. He's been putting out killer content for like the past three or four years about how to grow and scale a digital agency. And he was really cool to bring on this podcast. Uh, One of the things he talked about was how this podcast, the things that he went over was real talk, like a very (laughs) cliche way to describe it because of the podcast name. But he he really gave us, you know, the ins and outs of what he's seen, some of the biggest mistakes, Um, because I know a lot of you guys out there, one of the biggest side hustles right now is to start a social media marketing agency. It's a great way to make you know, an extra five to $10,000 a month on the side while doing other things. So if you're interested in, in either doing that or, or growing what you already have, this episode is for you. So I'm going to hand it off to Christian to go through one of our three takeaways for the episode so that you guys know what to expect. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway I found from the episode was that it's okay to work for free when you're starting out and you're still scared to charge $2,000 a month. Because if you tr- if you start out just working for free for, let's say, 60 days, like he said, the max would be 60 days, you can provide massive value for them, gain a level of trust with them, and then go forward with charging and then gain a lot of experience of being an expert moving forward. Definitely. my The second biggest takeaway from this episode um, really hit home for me because I do this on the side. I run a marketing agency on the side of college and what we do with the podcast. And he basically said that, you're the expert when you're doing this stuff you have to portray yourself as the expert so a lot of times a big mistake that agency owners will make is that they let their clients kind of control the services that they're being offered so if this is a scenario that you find yourself in um, i recently found myself in a very similar scenario then it's it's not to your benefit and it's something that you have to get out of so that's just something that's not going to last. So it's just something that he pointed out and he'll, he'll explain it better in this interview. So as you're listening, just be sure to, to stay tuned for that part. Yeah. And then the last, the third and final takeaway is that when you're leveraging social media, don't try to build the biggest audience. You can try to build the most efficient audience. So don't build an audience that rarely engages with your content. Doesn't DM you, doesn't reach out to you for your services build a client or an audience of a few dedicated people that you can turn into clients, lead um, sales funnels out of, and just really capitalize off of. So you don't need 100,000 followers that don't engage. You can have 10,000 and have a few hundred that want to be working with you. And that's more effective than having a big audience. Yeah. And I think he even mentioned in the interview that he like recently deleted 30,000 of his Instagram followers. So he's definitely true to his word. Um, So you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Again, if you are an agency owner, if you have an ambition to start your own digital marketing agency, there's no better episode for you guys to check out than this. So I'm really excited for people's feedback and to hear what your guys' thoughts are. I know for myself, it was one of the most helpful episodes yet. 
Um, and as always, guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. We're, you know, posting a lot more content on LinkedIn these days. We're also sending out emails to our list for the first time. We finally got to that aspect of things. Christian has picked up a lot of good copywriting skills over the summer, so he's putting them to use. So if you aren't on our email list yet either, be sure to join. Uh, there's just a lot of good things happening, and we're just doing our best to put out the best content for you guys to learn and take away practical skills from. So thank you so much, and enjoy the episode. How's it going, Real Talk fam? I just wanted to jump in here real quick before we start this new episode of Real Talk University uh, with an offer that Christian and I have put together for you guys. Uh, basically, as a thank you for listening and tuning in to all of our episodes and supporting us along the way so far. So what we put together is the Podcast Blueprint ebook, which you'll have access to for free absolutely free this is a downloadable pdf containing all the information actionable steps tips resources everything you need to launch your very own successful podcast in 30 days or less exactly how christian and i have done so after reading our ebook you'll be able to launch your own podcast today book your dream guest for your interviews and get ads and sponsors immediately to claim your free copy today visit the link at bit dot lee slash rtu ebook that's b-i-t dot that's a full stop l-y slash r-t-u ebook e-b-o-o-k get your free copy today before this offer expires what's good gents what's going on good man you good uh does the audio sound okay all good? Yeah, sounds good to me. What about you guys? Sweet. Sweet. Yo, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Apologies that it took so fucking long, but <laughs> no, crazy schedule. But. We're right on time. Yeah, it's funny because we actually haven't recorded an episode in forever. It's because we're yeah. in college, so we don't like live in the same place. So right. we have to only do it when we're the semester's in session. Yeah. <clears throat> But um, we'll go ahead and get started. So this is Real Talk University. Basically, it's a podcast that targets a college-based audience to help them uh, to kind of like become aware of the opportunities that are out there to start side hustles, a career in entrepreneurship, whatever it is to do something outside of the classroom um, to pursue your passions. And you've had you know great success in your career so far as a digital marketing expert. Uh, yeah. So we're really excited to have you on. So if you could just let the audience know uh, who you are and what you do. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Um, Rohan Chef out of Vancouver, Canada. Been in the digital marketing world now, coming up on uh, just shy of nine years. Um, kind of a little bit of background if we want to talk about university. I went to school to be a commercial airline pilot and dropped out of that because I just got, didn't, I didn't really look at it as it was something that I wanted to do as a career. Uh, I got three quarters of the way through, spent like sixty-five or $70,000 in school and said, fuck this, I'm out. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what ended up happening. Got into door-to-door sales and direct sales for about four and a half to five years after that. Did really, really well. But like before this, before Facebook and Google, like any, any of the shit that you guys can do today, making money while being in school, um, I was making six figures by like 21, 22, um, doing really, really well, selling shit in person one-to-one. 
um, did that for a bit, then got completely bored because I mastered the art of one-to-one um, one to one sales, uh, and kind of looked at, okay, well, what's the next step? And then I got into looking at, okay, well, marketing is the next step because you go into sales is one to one marketing is one to many. Um, started studying marketing, did a bunch of affiliate marketing, um, transitioned from that into agency. And the reason that happened was because I was helping friends and family running like Google ads and Facebook ads at the time when Facebook was like kind of brand new. Um, and I realized there's a lot of money to be made in that space of just helping business owners that needed help to go online and, you know, servicing them and kind of taking them online. So that's kind of my tenure since college to where we are today. Today, I run three, uh, different companies, all of them, multi seven figure companies. Um, one is obviously the agency that I run growrev.com. The other one is an Instagram software. Uh, this one is pretty much helps you automate your DM. So we work with some big influencers like Scott Disick um, would be ones that you guys know of. Um, we've got David Dobrik as a client. Like those are some of the big ones that we work with in that space. Um, yeah, we've got some big accounts that we're bringing on right now. So it's like pretty much helping them automate the, the, the influx of messages. And I'm sure you guys probably see it where people just get absolutely, but you're bombarding people for messages or trying to reach out for people with messages, but they're not responding to you because big influencers usually end up with like thousands of messages. Um, and think about people that have millions of followers is even, even harder. So we built a software that automates that for them and makes their life easier. So that's direct heroes. Um, and then the third company that we're just about to rebrand and relaunch is going to be called digitalexpert.com. Because uh, we bought the domain digital expert and it's going to be teaching um, entrepreneurs and, you know, people that are in the college to college age or kind of out of college come wanting to learn how to go online and become an expert in the digital world. That's awesome. So you said that you got into digital marketing nine years ago. I don't know if you would agree, but I would say that you got in well ahead of the curve. <laughs> like most people are just now discovering SMMA and stuff like that. So what have you noticed like the trends have been over the past nine years in terms of saturation and tactics and things like that? Man, I wouldn't even call it saturation. Was I ahead of the curve a little bit? Yeah, without a doubt. Like, I look at other people that have been ahead before me, right? Like, it's kind of one of those situations that people look at me and be like, oh, you've been in for nine years. Like, dude, I know people that have been in it since, like, the 90s. Um, one, of my, one of my really, really good friends that lives in Vancouver, he owned one of the largest companies called Internet Marketing Center. Um, and they started, like, late 90s, early 2000s and built the first internet, like, info business. Um, and they were caught, like, if, like you hang out with them with the, like with any of the big guys, they, they're considered like the godfathers of internet marketing. Uh, but from what I've seen in this space is, you know, like it's, it's hit a different world. And what I mean by that, when I first got started, things were nowhere near as easy as it is today. Um, back then, uh, you know, when I was laughing at a friend of mine, this this past weekend when I was in Vegas, we used to be able to make landing pages. We literally had to make them custom code them ourselves or get somebody else to custom code them just to make like a name and email landing page. Now you have fucking click funnels in about 30 seconds. You can create um, a landing page and kind of get it online. So if anything, it's getting easier and it's only going to get easier because we're starting to reach a larger audience that actually can understand um, what's going on in the online world. So when it comes to saturation, I doubt we've even hit, you know, I doubt we've even hit the momentum point in the online world and the online marketing world. Um, is there a lot of garbage and a lot of bullshit that people are pushing 100%, but that's going to happen no matter what. And the faster we grow, the more we're going to see that people just have to kind of look outside of that and start paying attention to whether it's SMA, e-com, Amazon, find the guys that are actually doing real shit and learn from them. Uh, don't fall for the hypey stuff of someone that goes around to fucking Lamborghini, puts a Rolex on his watch and starts claiming to be the next, the next uh, guru in that space. Yeah. And that's such an important point that you brought up about like back in the days you had to like write websites, like line by line of code. And that's something that Christian and I have recently talked about. I was like, 
in college especially like they're teaching us like how to write code how to do python how to do java but like i feel like it's already so behind of where the market is because like you said like i have no technical background and i make sales funnels through click funnels it's like anyone could do it it's just drag and drop and as long as you you know dedicate an hour of your time to learning it it, it's easy so how like that kind of leads us into a big point of our podcast is self-education so how has that played a role um, for you to kind of pick up on these skills of digital marketing, such as running Facebook ads, making funnels, all that kind of stuff. So uh, can you ask that again? Like in, in what context? So it's like for me educating, like me learning myself or me teaching it to people? Yeah, yeah, like how you picked up those skills as your career developed. Oh, how I picked it. So for me, it came down to a lot of it. The initial phases were self-taught. Um, just buying courses kind of, or, you know, when YouTube was still kind of new and people weren't talking and like, and you could reach out to anybody and everybody and kind of understanding from them. Um, the biggest thing that I'd say that has made the biggest difference in my career in terms of learning, scaling and growing all of my companies has been events. I go to a lot of fucking events, um, every single year, um, that and masterminds are the two things that I do just figure out figure out where you are at in, in your career and look at, okay, who's the person that's, you know, don't look for the person that's, let's say, let's say you're just getting started today, hypothetically. Don't look at the person that's already doing, you know, $10 million a year or a million dollars a year. Figure out the guy that's doing like six figures and learn from him. You want to kind of stair step your way uh, to success. And then it's like the faster you learn from them and implement, the faster you're able to beat them and learn from the people that are doing the million, $10 million a year in business. Because when you start doing that, not only are you building realistic goals, but you're also building things um, that are more realistic for you to achieve and learn at a, at a quicker pace. That's kind of what I did. I just kind of said, okay, where am I at? What What's my first goal? Kind of, okay, who could teach me that? Let's do that. Smash it out, get it done. And then that's how I've been able to now network and work with some of the biggest brands in the world um, was because I just kind of did that one stair step at a time versus the most people that you look online and, you know, some of the kids that even message me and say, hey, can you help me make seven figures in the next year? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but trust me, you're not going to put the fucking work in because you don't understand what goes into making seven figures in your first year. Um, so it's like, that's, that's a lot of the, like when I say a lot of the bullshit, it's kind of one of those part of the reasons why for the longest time, I didn't want to teach in the, in the internet marketing world is, um, I attract that audience where it's like, you know, the young students and stuff like that, but they're being sold some bullshit versus being sold reality. And now that it's come to a point where it's like, I'd rather teach and it's gotten to a point where it kind of pissed me off. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking call all these people out. Um, not from an asshole standpoint, but from a perspective of let's show them what's actually true and how to actually build a long lasting, sustainable multi seven figure business that can last decades to come, not just one or two years and then end up back and working at fucking KFC or something. Yeah, 100%. I feel like there's like a lot, like obviously a lot of hard work that goes into like, like when you started the podcast, you, you went through three businesses that are all seven figure businesses and people probably are wondering like, how did you do that? And like how quick it happened for you. But I like was telling Christian before, I remember watching your videos on Instagram, like two years ago, like you sitting in front of like this paper whiteboard, like telling us how to run Facebook ads, telling us like how the digital world worked. So what was it like for you? Like in that moment when you didn't have a big audience, you weren't making the seven figures, like how did you like visualize where you'd be today? See, for me, I've never really had a big audience, even like, yeah, my Instagram following, um, I've actually gone and deleted like 30,000 Instagram followers in the last like three months. And most people are trying to get more than 30,000. I'm deleting people. Um, it's kind of a very different mindset. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I would rather work with people that want to be masters and find them from the masses is what I like to say. Right. So it's like, you know, there's, I, can I reach a larger audience? Yeah. Am I going to do that? Absolutely. 
But from that large audience, I'd rather kind of come down and work with people that actually want to master the art of it. Um, And for me, it got to a point where um, I just kind of realized that it's like, you know, I don't need a lot of people to make a lot of money. I just need quality people to make a lot of money. And if you understand that, you know, there's two, there's two frames of thought. One frame of thought is you can charge really, really low, which we do on some of our stuff and kind of get people to know you and kind of build that audience. But then you go from the opposite side and you can start charging really, really high, which we do on the agency side. And that's part of the reason why we're able to work with some of the brands that we are able to work with on the agency side. Um, both of those have its drawbacks and benefits, but, you know, it's like on one end, one's getting your brand awareness. On the other end, the other one's giving you the type of clients that you truly want to work with. Even in the SMA program that we are about to launch through Digital Experts, like I teach people, you know, the easiest way to build a business is to start charging someone $2,000 a month, in my opinion. Um, and because any medium, any small business that can afford $2,000 a month, they know it's not their last dollar that they're giving you. They can afford to sustain that over the next little bit. Um, when I first started in the agency world, it was like, I was charging people like 500 bucks a month to do like multiple things that I wouldn't do today for fucking five grand to be fair. <laughs> um, but it was one of those situations, but I learned and I learned the hard way because, you know, after delivering and they try to get refunds and all the bullshit, I'm like, that's not the audience I want to work with. Cause those guys are giving you their last dollars that they have left to feed their family to potentially have you help them get more sales. And that is not the people you want to be working with. It's figuring that out, figure out who your audience is. Don't worry about having a large audience and just work with people that actually want to be masters in it. Right. I just want to touch on social media further. Like, do you ever reach out via Instagram DMs or anything like that to try to prospect clients? All the time, man. Um, Instagram DMs is funny because what, what did I do last year? I closed a pretty big client, but, oh, actually, here's a story for you guys. So this house that I'm living in right now that I'm shooting it, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the YouTube video of it. Yeah, we, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. yeah, so I got that house, um, this specific house that I'm living in, uh, through Instagram DMs. What? Funny <laughs> yeah. So uh, me and my wife were looking at houses for, like, I fucking have no idea. It was, like, months, and I was just getting fed up. And I'm like, this is just a waste of my time, right? But we need, we knew we needed to move. And then I started like following developers on like just like people that are building luxury homes and like in the area that I wanted to move. And I kind of started and I, you know, found and I kept an eye on this specific house. And then I went on like the real estate websites in Canada and I saw like they kept dropping the price. And I'm like, these guys are going to get cleaned if they sell this house. So I literally just DM the developer and I said, hey, dude, I saw you guys have dropped this house by a million bucks over the last year and a half. Rather than you guys trying to sell it in a down market because Vancouver in the luxury market is taking a big hit. Um, and I was like, why are you guys selling in a down market and I'm getting clean? Why don't you guys rent it to me? And the guy goes, we never ever thought about renting it. And I go, well, you know, you could easily search my name up online. I'm not some random fucker off Craigslist that's going to try and rent this thing. <laughs> so why don't you like, let's have a meet up and kind of chat with it. So I met with the developer and the owner and the guy literally said, he's like, I searched your name online and you know, we were never going to consider renting this house at all, but because of what you've done online, we'll rent it to you. And it started in wow. the fucking DMs, and I could prove the entire thing. Yeah, it's pretty sick. <laughs> That's dope. And the, I think the reason Christian asked that is because Instagram DMs have been, like, a vital part of what we do with the podcast, just to find guests. Like, I'm pretty sure our initial point of contact was Instagram DM yeah. with you. So uh, that's just a trend that we try to like really push to our audience is the power of networking through Instagram DMs and such. And stuff that's part like of the that. reason why I created a software for Instagram DMs because I believe in it so much. Right. I just want to go back. Yeah. Like I was watching the video of your apartment to house kind of tour transition before I got yeah. this. So I just want to go back to like your first apartment. You just started your company. You're going out of a 600 square foot apartment. Like what was your mindset yeah. back then? Were you 
fearful? How did you overcome fear? Things like that. Oh man, um, that was an interesting time in my life. Every time I think about it. So I had already had a couple of clients prior to that, but I was living like this. So I went like in 2014, I got married and launched, like officially launched the agency. I'd already had a couple of clients in affiliate marketing, but I hated affiliate marketing. Um, not that I wasn't making good money. It's just, it was like, it was me behind a computer screen all day long. I wasn't talking to any humans ever. It was like building funnels, running ads, building funnels, running ads. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, cause I love the human aspect of it. And I started to transition into that. And I was like, Jesus, I'm going to give up a pretty good income to start something that I have no idea if I can even build and scale. And I got married in the same year, launched a company the same year. And it was just like, this is retarded. Um, moving out and all this stuff. It was like anything you could stack on one at like at the age of like 20, would have been 25, 26. Um, at that point in time, you could, like I stacked it all at one time. And I was like, this is absolutely the dumbest thing any human can do. But it was one of those situations where it put my back up against the wall, right? And it made me realize that, okay, if, if I'm going to figure it out, now is the time for me to figure it out. And so I either got to push hard or I'm going to fail. Um, and at that point in time, I remember like our rent to like to live in that in that apartment was ten fifty a month, like thousand fifty between me and my wife to live a month. And I thought that was just retarded. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, how am I going to make this money to pay rent, to pay for groceries, to pay for like internet, blah blah. blah. And then today I look at it, and I'm like a thousand fifty months would just be me, like my car payments more than a thousand fifty months today. <laughs> uh, but it's like it gets, goes to show you, like the more you work on this, and you kind of get out of that fear of not letting it stop you, and you use fear to actually push you. Um, you know, your levels of growth are absolutely rapid. Like I literally, every time we've moved since, you know, and I, and I talk about it in, the, in that video, I went from that, in that house for two and a half years and living in that apartment, built a pretty, I built the company, um, to a point where I was doing six figures in about eight to nine months in the agency world, like very quickly, like consistent six figures, not like 8,000 a month. It was multiple, uh, multiple five figures, but I still considered six figure company. Um, and then from there in two and a half years later, we were living in the townhouse and I doubled the rent there. And then um, we were there for two and a half years and I'm like, okay, hey, I'm like, I got to keep this track on. And then I'm like, fuck it, let's double the rent again. But I, this time I almost tripled the rent. And it's scary because like it is absolutely even like even today, like looking at the place that we live in and it's massive. I don't say this to brag, but I do it from a perspective. It's like every time you put your back up against the wall, uh, you know, whether it's financially, whether it's supporting your family, whatever, whatever drives you internally is what's going to push you to actually go to a whole other level. Because now I know not only do I have a team to pay for, not only do I have companies to run, not only do I have a house and you know a family to, to provide for, is like the more you want to push, the more you want to hustle. Right. So when you initially started, I know like starting up a business is probably the hardest part of the whole process. So when you were like scouting clients and looking for people to do the marketing for, what was your tactic behind that? Did you go local? Did you do cold calls? Was it personal references? Nah. Um, so two things. One, I did, I came, obviously came from the door to door background. So I really didn't give a shit about showing up to a business and just fucking going door knocking. Um, that's my very first client. I landed that way. Um, worst client I ever had, but best client I ever had because it taught me so much, but the, but it taught me also, it taught me one thing, how, what kind of clients I don't want to work with, but then also what kind of clients I do want to work with and how to actually negotiate these deals better. So it was a lot of learning lessons, um, on that part. And then on the opposite end is I use door to door. I use cold calling for sure. Cause I didn't really give a shit. I could pick up a phone and dial anybody from doing sales for so long. Um, uh, but then eventually transition into using LinkedIn and I did a lot of LinkedIn outreach. Um, an absolute boatload of it. And that, that's how we were able to go from like, I think we're making like, I was making like 2000 a month to, I think it was like 25,000 in two and a half to three months. Um, just using LinkedIn outreach, um, and just scaled the living shit out of the company. 
That's dope. That's kind of like, interesting because me and him have been pushing to grow. Well, he's growing a ton yeah. on LinkedIn. I'm kind of just starting out, but like we've realized the power of LinkedIn and how untapped the network truly is. So, but that was yeah. years ago. I thought I was yeah. early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I was doing LinkedIn. Uh, and we still do LinkedIn from time to time now whenever we need it. But now a lot of our, we're fortunate, knock on wood, we're fortunate enough, a lot of our clientele referral is pretty much referrals. Uh, we do run Facebook ads and like for um, inbound lead gen and stuff, but the type of clients that we attract, we just get like clients thrown at us. But it still works, man. I was doing it. I was doing this in 2013, 2014 um, using LinkedIn and it worked like, and back then it was a lot more, if anything, it was a lot harder because like LinkedIn had so many more fucking rules um content was more difficult on linkedin to push like content on linkedin is so much easier now doing a lot more video i'm actually going to be repurposing a lot of my video that i have on youtube on linkedin now that they are allowing people to upload videos and stuff so it's going to be a massive massive push and like i said earlier in the podcast you know things are only getting easier for people like yourselves or your your um followers that are listening to this podcast it's like you know don't let just because you think it's difficult trust me it was a lot more difficult five years ago than it is today yeah, 100%. yeah hold on. I just want to say, like you just said, it's a lot easier for ourselves or our audience. I think that's huge because a misconception is that like we're hosting the podcast, we know what we're doing, and that people should like <laughs> listen to us. But we're learning as much as our viewers are, so I just want to make that point. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. So when you initially started your agency, um, you obviously had a lot of success early on. I'm not sure like how aware you are of all the agencies that are being started from like courses like Ty Lopez and Billy Jean and all these marketers. But yeah. what, like from your perspective, what's the biggest mistake people make when they first start their agencies? What's the biggest mistake that most people first start their agencies? And if anybody is watching the Ty Lopez course, you'll actually see me teaching in the Ty Lopez course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but I think the biggest mistake that most people make in the agency world is they don't push hard enough to get clients and build a team. Um, it all comes down to it, right? So with what we teach in building an agency, there's two sections to it. One is go from zero to six figures and then from six to seven figures. Remember what I talked about earlier, stair-stepping your way to success. Um, is The biggest thing is you got to figure out is when you go from zero to six figures in your agency, it's going to be you to start. You're going to sell. You're going to build. You're going to run traffic. You're going to do so. Whatever you end up choosing as your offer, you're going to do fucking everything. So about the point you get to, you know, where you're making about 20, 25,000 a month, like I was um, at that point in time, you want to start now delegating and start hiring. Cause you, you know, you, one thing is when you're starting is you go through these cycles where it's like you sell someone, you got to deliver then you're not selling anybody. So now you're back to the bottom and now you got to sell again. So you're doing these cycles, but you're building and learning along the way. Once you get to that consistency, then I, then I, then I suggest you guys hire and hire for where, you know, that you are the weakest point in. So if it's running traffic, then hire someone that can run traffic for you if that's what you're running, if you're doing. And But I don't suggest you hire just because you have to. Learn how to do it. Do it good enough that you understand it and then turn around and outsource it um, and kind of go down that route. And then from there is one, as you're scaling, is start hiring for success and hire for growth. Uh, that's one of the things that we do at our agency. We're always fucking hiring um like literally always hiring because the more we hire the more bandwidth it gives us the more my sales team and me can go out and get more uh clients and that's kind of the way you do it so it's like don't try to be a one-man show unless you want to make you know unless making 10 15 20,000 a month is what you want to do then do it all on your own because then it keeps your it keeps your profit margins um a lot higher and you get to take home a lot more money and then you you know you can live the nomad lifestyle and it's like i teach that too i mean like in, in ties I think you did a program like two and a half years ago called Traveling CEO. And one of the things that I talked about in that course is 
you got to understand when you're traveling and building a company. And I did that. Me and my wife, as soon as like I got to a point where I was like, fuck, we could take off. We went traveling for like half a year almost. And it's like, can you run a seven figure agency while traveling? I beg to differ. Uh, people say you can, um, but it gets to a point where your clients aren't going to get the attention. Can you run a multi six figure company while traveling? You definitely can. So it comes down to what you want to do. Um, and if you want to run the nomad lifestyle, if you want to end up in a position where I am today, then you've got to definitely hire as you're scaling. Cause that is the biggest mistake that most people in the agency world do not do or any, in any business, particularly like our software company, we've got over, well, by the end of this month, I think we'll end up with like 15 full-time developers there. Yeah, that's gold. And I think a lot of people need to understand that, like hire for what you're not good at and then yeah. never really rush into hiring because you could do more than you think or just not get lazy so yeah. uh one more question on the agency side uh, i just want to know like what are some of your favorite tools that you use like on a daily basis to either manage clients manage your schedule uh just to anything you use on a daily basis that you my can share. favorite my favorite tool of all time that's made my life just so much easier is slack um so then that way you put so you make it you make it to a point where and there's different versions of it we use slack um, a, they're a Vancouver-based company, so that's got to support local. Um, but um, the one thing is, you know, when I first started my agency, it was like clients wanted to chat on Skype. Some clients wanted to chat on fucking Facebook. Some wanted to chat on email. And I'm like, this is retarded. You're like bouncing around. You have no like one common ground of where you can manage your only clients. Um, and as soon as you like sell a client and onboard them and you say, hey, we're going to put you in our Slack, you don't do not give them an option. Now they're going to have to learn to actually work with you because they're at the end of the day, they're hiring you for that specific reason. So that's the kind of way that I would, that I, that I would build your business is like, don't let the client dictate what you want to do. Well, that's enough. That's another mistake actually that I see um, young agency owners making is that they look at it from a perspective oh, this client's paying me two to $5,000 a month or whatever they're charging them when it's $1,500, but it doesn't fucking matter um is they make it look like oh i'm just gonna do what the client wants because they're paying me no you're the expert that they hired so you should be commanding the way the conversation the relationship works do not let that ever go the other way now you don't have to come across like a dickhead about it but you have to come across you know being professional about it and being like hey guys this is our system this is how we're able to help you and you know for us to communicate on a daily weekly monthly basis this is where we're going to have a communication uh, that's on the communication side on, you know, the mo I would see most agencies fuck up. The other one I think I'd say, and we're implementing this a lot more is Notion, um, is a really, really good app because it speaks to Trello, which is my third favorite app in the world or software or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, is because it's just the easiest place for everybody. And it's so damn cheap. Um, it's almost free, I think, for if you don't have a lot of users on it um on trello and you can just project manage through there until you start paying for really really good project management tools uh, and then outside of that from the agency side it's like what you it really comes down to what you want right when it comes to autoresponders i love a um aweber to start and then active campaign when you get to a certain point um and then tools click funnels um is one of the ones that i really like right now but there is something coming behind the scenes that we're going to be releasing pretty soon that's going to be a lot better than click funnels at not at scale we're not trying to compete with ClickFunnels at scale. We're just, like I said, I don't want to go for big like ClickFunnels is going. We're going for something more um, from the perspective of, you know, people that are actually wanting to build sustainability and, you know, actually care for deliverability. That's what we're going for. So we're going to be launching that pretty soon too. Sweet. I just have one more um, agency question before we move on. So what have you found to be like the best niches to target in terms of businesses? It's 
that's a very loaded question that I get asked every single time. Um, what I actually ended up doing was I put together a document of 6,000 agency niches that you can go after, um, that I give away, um, I give away half of it for free as an ebook download. Then I give away the entire thing in, in my course. Um, the reason it comes down to is like, there's two things that I look at. One is who can you speak to and who can, who can you resonate with? Right? Like, look at what your like, look at what your values determine in your values. A lot of the times is people that you, you could talk to no matter what, if you like cars, you can talk to probably dealerships or mechanic shops or whatever. If you like health, you could probably talk to fitness trainers or chiropractors or whatever. So look at what your values determine and go after those because then that way you can a build a relationship and build really easy rapport with them. But then you can also turn around and help them because you can speak their language. Um, for me, it got down to a point where it's like, I really like cars. I started with dealerships and I kind of went down that route and kind of working with them. Now it's escalated to the point where personal development, speaking, running events, um, info has been one of the ones that we do really well in software. So now our entire agency is built around info events and software. Those are the three main niches. Do we have other clients? Yes, absolutely. There's never really a best niche. And I say they're all fucking good niches. It just comes down to finding the cream of the crop in those niches that you want to work with and you can speak to. Um, because if you're, if you don't understand anything about the car world, anything about this fitness world, and you're trying to sell someone that you can't speak to, then you kind of look like a rookie to be fair. Um, unless you go and do the research, which you can a lot of times just spend, you know, a week or two, do the research, understand the lingo, understand things that they're hurt. Like, you know, what are their pain points and go sell to that. That's the way I look at it is like, don't worry about what's the best next niche. They're all great. I know people that launch. Um, I know a buddy of mine that launched a company about two and a half years ago in an agency in the chiropractic space. And everybody in their dog has been going after the chiropractic space forever that I can remember. And this guy in like literally two and a half years now is running a $350,000, $400,000 a month agency just in the chiropractic space. Wow. Yeah, I have one last question before we go into our lightning round of questions is what is your thoughts on free work so say you know christian and i decided to start an agency and to get like more experience under our belt before going for paid clients we decided to do free work uh just because this is like a big trend for a lot of people that i'm seeing what is your stance on that so i teach that in my uh to a lot of my students actually and i suggest it from a perspective a, if you're not confident in sales offer the work for free and the reason being is, and do it in a way where there's a deadline to that free work, whether it's 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, whatever. I wouldn't go any more than 60 days in my personal opinion, because then the client kind of gets to a point where they fucking start thinking they, they could command more out of you. Uh, that's my opinion. But I would, I would leave it at about that and do it with a perspective of, hey, I'm going to do this for you for free. Let's say over the next 30 days, I'm going to deliver X result. If I deliver X result, you are now going to hire me moving forward for thousand two thousand dollars a month and you're going to give me a, uh, um, a video testimonial for what i've been able to do for you in the previous and the results that i've gotten you so then that way you know the free work is now turning into fair exchange and what i mean by that is you've done it for free but you're getting a video testimonial from them if they don't decide to hire you that's fine do not move on the fact that they owe you a video testimonial for the work that you've done because then you can use that and leverage that now to get paid for the future client love it perfect right. Perfect. So we're going to move into the lightning round. But before we do that, we just want to ask you if you have any questions uh, for us before we move forward. For me, it's just understanding your audience. I think I've gone on a pretty like 
um, savage rant over the last, like, what is it, 29 minutes that we've gone yeah. on. And, you know, it's, you guys call it Real Talk University. So I've kind of been very real in what I've shared in terms of compared to a lot of the other podcasts. Um, but yeah, it's like, what, what are your, you know, what does your audience want to know? What do you guys want to know? And it's like, I'm here for an open book and giving you guys the time. So let's make it, make it worth your while and make it worth your audience as well. Yeah. I mean, for, at least for me, this has been super informative. Like, like you said, super real, a lot of yeah. actionable advice that we could leave this interview yeah. and go work on. So in our, and the nice thing about our podcast is like our audience is just more people like Christian and I, just college yeah. kids that are looking to start a side hustle or have interest in doing more outside of just the normal classwork, uh, because yeah. that's what it's all about. So, I mean, I think yeah. you've done a really good job. And we have three questions for the lightning round that are kind of like on a deeper level. So uh, if you're ready, we could get into those. Yeah, go ahead, man. All right. So first, if you could sit at a dinner table and have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be and then why? There's three people that can be at a dinner table, dead or alive, who would they be? One would be Steve Jobs. Um, the other one would have to be Elon Musk. Um, and then the third one would have to be, in my opinion, I'd say Andrew Carnegie. Um, and those are the three people, a, the three, two are dead, funny enough, and one is alive. Um, but Andrew Carnegie was, you know, a founder and he's done, he's made a massive difference to what we live in and where we are today. Um, so if you have not researched and done any of Andrew Carnegie's like books or read, read up on him, you'll understand the mindset. His mindset was so fucking strong back when what we even have or what we even had in the last 20, 30, fucking 40, 50 years never existed. And he was able to build one of the largest companies in the world at that point in time. Um, and I wanted, I would love to ask him, you know, what was your mindset back then? Because if he could do it then, imagine with that mindset what you could do today. Because if he was alive today, the damage that he'd do on this planet would be actually <laughs> fucking more, would be ridiculous. Yeah. In my opinion. No social media, no technology. Too. Exactly. Nothing. Um, that's what, would, what I'd ask him, Steve Jobs. I just want to like sit down with him and kind of get his visionary understanding on things. And that's the same thing I'd probably do with Elon Musk. Um, and kind of the both of them, obviously me being like literally the, sitting right here and I've just got Apple products across my fucking computer <laughs> or across my table. Cause I'm just such a huge fan of Apple and the way they've built, um, the company, not only that, from a marketing perspective, if you understand marketing, the cult that they've built inside of Apple is probably one of the strongest cults that I've ever seen from a product-driven standpoint. Um, you know, every single year the new iPhone comes out and I buy the new fucking thing. Do I need it? Probably not, but I still buy the new iPhone every <laughs> single year. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's what it comes down to. It's like the cult that they built and understanding his mindset and how he went about building that cult at such a large, massive scale. Because he reached the masses building a very strong cult. And if you look at, like, when Mac, I don't know if you guys were even like, I don't know what you guys ages, but when I was in elementary school, I remember the Macs that we had in school were those like colorful back end looking ugly fucking monitor things. <laughs> like I hated using Mac back, back then. Like it was the most annoying thing because I was using Windows and Windows was just so easy. But the consistency of what they did at Apple and kind of built into what it is today, the conglomerate that it is today, it's just insane. Um, and understanding, you know, that mindset of it. And then Elon Musk is one of those people that it's like, the way I look at Elon is he's at a point in his life and the point in our society today that he could say whatever the fuck he wants and no <laughs> one's going to doubt him anymore. Like if he, like literally look at what he's doing with SpaceX and look at what he's done with Tesla and, and all the other companies yeah. he's got along the side. It's like, no one can doubt that motherfucker. It's like the confidence and the conviction that that human's got inside of him 
to do what he's been able to do is what I want. And one of the things that I always sell is confidence and conviction. Um, is understanding, you know, being con- being confident in yourself and being convicted the way you deliver whatever you're delivering, um, and make sure that the world or whoever you're speaking to understands that you can speak from that conviction. Um, is at a point where he is now reaching the masses, and people are like, "This guy's so confident, so convicted." It's like, oh, he wants to go build another fucking planet. He probably will figure it out, right? Like, <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that he can literally say the most ridiculous shit, and people will start believing it now. Yeah, I would say he's like the Carnegie of today because, like, with all the things he's planning, like living on Mars, like tunnels that take you to LA from New York City, like that's the modern day version of what Carnegie was doing. Pretty so, much, yeah. yeah. To a certain point. Yeah, he's dope. Um, yeah. yeah, and then you just said something about our age, so that goes into our final two questions. So one of them is, if you were in our position, nineteen-year-old college students, um, yeah. what side hustle would you start, and how would you go about starting it? See, if I was 19, when I was 19 and if I had the opportunity to do it today, first of all, I'd probably just start, I would, would still build an agency today. Um, but what I would do is very different. And what I mean by that is, A, I would not be looking to, to start a side hustle. I'd be looking to work for somebody and get as much fucking value as I possibly can out of them. Um, you know, whether it's someone that's 30 years old or like, it just kind of look, if I like, if you're 19, let's say like you're about 30 years old, 35 years old in that range. And who's actually fucking nailed it? Go work for them for you know two to four years, whether and just commit and understand everything so that you can learn. It'll be like you're in university, right? Like you will get the best fucking university degree if you did that, because you're gonna learn from them everything that they've done, every mistake that they've had, and you're gonna learn and you're gonna see the mistakes that they make along their business while you're being a part of that growth with them as well. Once you get to that point, once you get there, then you start to realize, okay, now let's say you're what tw- would you be like twenty four point. At yeah. 24, you're still fucking young, dude. At 24, you can turn around and launch your company, and you, the, the scale of growth that you'd have at that point in time will be completely different. So I wouldn't be looking at a side hustle. Um, I'd be looking at how to get this correct, like because the number one thing that most people fail at is like, they, like I said earlier, it's easy to make, you know, it's easy to make a couple hundred thousand dollars today with with all the bullshit that you can sell online. But it's like it's it's a lot harder to build sustainability and then build a real company. And to learn that, it comes down to understanding your mindset and understanding how to balance both sides of it. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's for huge. sure, because I feel like the learning curve just gets eliminated when you come from somebody like you who's already done it for X amount of years, like you said. So last yeah. question here, um, probably the most important one. What's one thing that you wish you knew today that you didn't know when you were 19? What's one thing that I wish or, I knew no, today sorry. that I didn't know? What's one thing you know today that you wish you knew when you were 19? Sorry. So what's one thing I know today I wish I knew when I was 19? Um, One thing I do do, I wish, like, literally kind of goes into the last question, is um, the one thing that I do wish I knew today that I wish I knew when I was 19 was how much time I had ahead of me. Right. That's one thing that, like, you know, every single time we look at me, especially with social media, it's gotten fucking worse. I was just going to say that. Because... Because you're looking at other people and you're judging yourself based on other people. Fuck judging yourself. Fuck feeling shameful or guilty that you're not pushing as hard as, you know, this quote unquote person that you're following is just go and learn from the people that have fucking done it and then go out and push harder because then, you know, you put your time and effort into it. And then let's say you put your time and effort into working for someone and just quote unquote being an intern and just kind of getting hired and like learning from them from the day to day. And then you go five years from now and say, okay, I got to go and go do my own thing they're going to respect that because now they like you've actually helped bring more value to them 
and now you realize at 24 to 30, you got six more years, you still could fucking double what they've ever done in the time that you've learned with them. And that's one thing that I wish I knew. I was trying to chase the next best thing. And without even social media at that point, in my opinion, um, I was trying to, try to chase the next best thing. And it got me to a point where it's like, would I have gone farther today? Yes. Do I regret anything that I've done? No. But I would have definitely chosen to go put myself underneath someone and be, you know, whether it's a right-hand man or an assistant or a salesperson or whatever the fuck I needed to do to someone that was already, you know, 10 years ahead of me. Yeah, I was going to say that earlier on when you mentioned, like, the people on Instagram flexing, like, rented Lambos or whatever, because <laughs> I feel like if you look at them and you become jealous of people that aren't even doing, like, the right, doing it the right way and are just doing it, like, fraudulently and just making a quick buck, like, that's just going to yeah. be hugely, like, detrimental to your mindset and things like that because you're going to be comparing, like, your step one to someone else's step 20 and their step 20 might be fake as, fake as shit because they're not even doing anything right. They're just, like, flexing rented cars. So, like... A hundred percent, dude. Without a damn doubt, it's at a point where it's like it's getting worse and worse and worse in my fucking opinion. Yeah, and I was we we talk about it a lot. I was even telling them like I kind of love seeing it because it just tells us like there's not that many people out there that are really doing it the right way. So there's not that much competition. So why like what what's stopping us from doing it? Yep, it's kind of a Absolutely. weird way to think about it, but. Yeah, and I always tell him, like, being patient is incredibly hard. Like, while I'm 19, like, the college process is becoming, like, more accelerated with recruiting and all that shit. And, like, I'm all in an entrepreneurship, but I'm in the business school at my school. So all they preach is, like, oh, go get an internship this summer because you're not going to be able to get hired full time. So it's like I'm at a point where if I want to go all in, I have to do it now. And I'm freaking out, like, that I have to find <laughs> success right now before I just, like... Fuck yeah. <laughs> even, if you, even if you got an internship to work for someone for the next, let's say three, four years and you need to fucking grind and hustle and do your own thing and build your name with them. You never know what they're going to end up in. Like I, I built, like I was working under someone in a sales company and took their company from 25 million to 50 million in three and a half years doing sales for them. And the opportunities that brought me was retarded, like absolutely fucking <laughs> retarded. If I went down the sales career and I kind of built that sales route and like that's what I wanted to go down, I didn't get bored of it. Um, it would have been worldly different. So you yeah. just decided like sales wasn't for you regardless of how successful you were? I love sales. I fucking love sales. Um, I just got bored of doing the one-to-one all day, every right. day. Like I was literally showing up at people's houses. Like you would have been probably in fucking elementary school at that point in time <laughs> when I was doing this. Um, but I, was, I would show up like your parents' house, do a full like examination on like your like your your academic career and where you are at and then turn around and sell your parents a $13,000 software in 90 minutes. Like, that's the kind of shit that I was doing back then. So people say, like, oh, my God, $7,500 is hard. Fuck off. Go try selling $13,000 to parents, proving to them that their kids are retarded or slow in school um, and needing a specific software. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you're still doing sales today with your agency, but obviously going from 13 k to 2 k a month is a lot easier, so that's even helped you out. Even yeah. More. yeah. Yeah, so that's all we have. Uh, last question we always ask is where can our guests find and follow you as you continue to, um, you know, to grow your businesses and share your message and courses and whatever else you have to offer? Yeah, man, the two best places, honestly, to follow me would be Instagram. It's probably where the most, I'm the most active. Um, sometimes I'm more active than I am not active, but then I also go weeks at a time when I'm building my companies and I won't post shit um as instagram is doing the best bet and then youtube is where a lot of my content that i'll end up putting up like the good content um and one thing is like you know do i have a big following on youtube no but i probably have some of the most quality content on youtube i'll put my myself toe to toe with anybody the content that i put up there um that's kind of those are the two places and if you know um facebook follow me on facebook as well on my personal page because i post a lot of good written content there um that i don't post anywhere else so it's like just kind of the, the most active instagram 
Facebook for some really thought provoking content that I don't post anywhere else. And then YouTube for some of the con like video content. And then, you know, anything, anything else, just find me on one of my websites and shoot me an email if you guys need, uh, need anything specific. And I'll get either me and my team to respond back. Awesome, Sweet. man. Thanks so much for coming on today. We appreciate your time. You crushed it. You provided a lot of, uh, not want to be cliche, but real talk to our audience <laughs> and uh, yeah, hope to keep real. in touch. Yeah, likewise, man. If there's some, you know, if you guys end up with more questions from your listeners and you want part two, just reach out and we'll try and make that work as well. Sweet. Awesome, man. Appreciate Thank you so it, man. much. Let us know if there's anything awesome. else we can do for you um, and we'll just keep you updated with the episode and when everything's going to be out. Hey guys, show some love for the Real Talk University podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on the Apple Podcast app. See you all next week.